Welcome back to Extra Shot of Leadership. That conversation on trust was just so good. Yeah. We had to go to a part Let's two. keep it going. Keep it going. So good. So on that last episode, we talked a little bit about trust, being fundamental teams, keeping the performance up of the whole entire team and work moving forward. Lack of trust. You're going to see some potential issues with performance. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about what were the things we've seen leaders do. And I remember you talking a little bit about decision-making, indecision, and some of the issues related to that, as well as how to overcome lack of decision-making or making bad decisions. Yes. And I talked a little bit about being unpredictable or being emotional when bad things are communicated. And I also shared some, here are some things that I like to do in that moment so that I don't become overly expressive. Now, I know you've got a couple more. I think I've just got one more, but I want us to continue on this whole conversation of what are some things that you have seen leaders do that are potential trust busters? And really, there are things that are not the obvious. And and maybe other people say, oh gosh, these are so obvious. But I think sometimes we just forget we're not thinking. I know for me on that whole unpredictability and being overly emotional, I did not always see the connection between my emotion and creating walking on eggshell environment, which then creates this trust issue within the team. Yeah. So where are you at? Which one do you want to cover next? Man, I'm so if we're going to go for like the unobvious one, because listen, I can't help it. I have I have so many swimming up here. Uh, but for the sake of time, I think the one that the, that's obvious is the taking credit, right? Oh, and yeah. so we can dig into that a little bit, but if we have time. But yeah. I'm going to go for this other one of okay. micromanaging. Oh, I like right? that. I like how you threw it out there anyways. Yeah, like if you're doing that, think about it. Taking credit, but I really want to hit on micromanaging. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, I like because I, I just want to get it all in. Like, one way or another, I'm going to get it out there. I love it. So let's hit yeah. on micromanaging. Yeah. So there's it, the obvious, certainly, right? Micromanaging, lack of trust. But I'm sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. Yeah. So and the the reason it's on my brain is because, you know me, I love leadership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love to talk to anybody and everybody about leadership. And so I was engaged in this conversation with an early career person um, about trust and about micromanaging. And I was really surprised that even at that stage in their career, and I'm, when I'm telling you they early. were early, early, they were an intern. So we're talking like right out of college. Okay. And the fact that they're able to put together micromanaging and it's hurting their trust between them and their leader mm-hmm. in their organization, uh, I was just, I was really surprised by that. And so they were just, you know, explaining to me how the leader gives them something to go do but then tells them exactly how they want it done and then is checking in that they're doing it that way. Like, she's like, there's just no time between, like, let me go do it. There's maybe an hour that goes by or two hours that go by. And so I'm really asking questions of, like, well, is it because they're just wanting to make sure you have the right resources? And they're like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I I see the point of the question, right? It's, it's, you're trying to Hey, look, you're you're still new, your early career, maybe, maybe you're still learning. Right? Yes. You're trying to give the benefit to the boss. I love that. Yes. I think that's great. But it did bring up the thought of does micromanaging bust trust with yeah. a team? And yeah. I think the 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 answer is yes, absolutely. If you're micromanaging your team, if you're 
if you see yourself giving direction and then going to make sure every little point of that direction is going well and going exactly the way you You want want it it. done and the way you would do it, right? There's sometimes two or three different ways to get from point A to point B. But are you making sure that they do it your way? I think that can really bust the trust of the team member to think that they just don't think I have a brain. Yeah. They don't think I'm capable. They just, like, why am I here? Like, I'm never going to grow if they just stay on top of me for every little way I do things. You know, and I, I it makes me sit back and I question, you know, I'm like, what is the driver behind that? Uh, and, and, and I know that's going to take us off on a tangent and I don't want to do that. Yep. But that's where my brain immediately goes to is really questioning what is the underlying issue to a micromanaging boss? And we can have a whole other conversation about that. But it is this, I, I think what I love There's about something your, that's causing them to be a micromanager. Absolutely. And, and what I love about your description is it's very clear. You're not just telling them what to do, but you're ensuring they're doing it the way you would do it. And you're following up incessantly on details that just may not really matter at the end of the day. But there's this enormous focus on it's got to be done the way that I want it to be done or the way that I've done it in the past. And if you're not doing it that way, we're going to have a talk, right? <laughs> yeah. Or I'm going to steer you back to go doing it the way that I that I think it should be done. Yeah, there's something in your mind that's like, this is what good looks like or this is what perfect like looks like. And if it doesn't look exactly like this, then you're going to try to fix it. You know, so I'm going to push a little bit here. And my question is, is there ever a time when micromanagement is okay? I would say that there are, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, and because and, and, I really do like how you challenged that that person to say, well, you know, maybe, could it be? And there was a clear no. So I wonder, it's like, you know, the the, the manager who's a little bit hands-on, right? Yeah. You know, no matter the circumstances, is it always going to bust trust? Or are there times when, you know what, this is appropriate? Yeah, so because I, I would say yes, but I don't think of it as micromanaging. Let's say you do have an intern or you have a new employee that you're onboarding, right? You're trying to help someone understand the processes, what we do, why we do it, the way we do it. There's going to be a lot more involvement, and there should be. Mm -hmm. But there does come a point when you have, you've given enough information, and you've got to let them, you've got to be able to see what they can do. you got to let them see what they can do, what they know and what they don't know. And even, I think, being willing to let your team make mistakes Oh, man, that's huge. Let them make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, but you'll never know what they know and what they don't know if you don't allow them a little bit of rope to go see what they what they know and what they don't. That's huge. And I think good leaders, they can create the environment where, you know, the, the mistakes can be made and it's low visibility, it's high learning. I mean, they just know how much kind of lead to, to provide how much space to give so that they, I'm one of those who does believe in mistakes is when you can really learn a lot. Sure. And if we're constantly trying to head off any mistakes, oh my goodness, you've, you've taken away all of those opportunities to really learn 
in that moment from that person. Yeah. Because they're not seeing it through your eyes, right? They're seeing it through their own and all they're seeing is you fixing things or you taking over. Yeah. And so I think it goes back to that. What are the reasons? What are the things that are underlying that are causing a leader to micromanage? I think if a leader has in their mind, you know, this team doesn't make mistakes. We don't make mistakes. Mm. (laughs) We don't want anybody to know we make mistakes. That's when the micromanaging can start to really bleed in and take over. Mm. And that's some of the, you know, when I when I ask that question about what's driving it, right? Is it a perfectionism uh, issue? Is it a I don't want anybody else to outshine me? I mean, there's a number Fear. of yeah, right, number of reasons why somebody's going to be heavy on the micromanagement, but absolutely see that connection back to trust, right? Over time, it's it's like I can never do anything here because my boss is going to tell me exactly how to do it, give me the clear instructions, kind of, it's a paint by number and there's no growth. It limits growth. It limits opportunity to be creative. I mean, there's just a number of things with micromanagement. That's a good one. Well, and I think the underlying, like the, what is that going to cause? Like, why does that matter type thing? It is the other side effect of that is you have a bunch of people standing around, just tell me what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. Just tell me what you want me to do. They don't know how to think critically. They won't go think critically. They'll just wait for you to just tell them the next move. Because you're going to do it anyways. Yeah. It's like, why should I think critically? Because whatever I do end up thinking is not going to be exactly the way you're thinking it. And I'm going to be wrong every single time. (laughs) Yeah. So this was a question that I always go back to on when someone else has a different idea of the way that I would do it. Is it wrong, right? Because there's processes and there's things that we do things a certain way. Is it wrong or is it just different? Mm. Is your way better or is your way just different? And can so, I accept different? Can I accept that? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, I really do. I love this conversation. I think it's spot on. There was a growing opportunity for me earlier in my career because I wanted people to do it my way. Uh, I knew the way. I knew the recipe. I knew the, you know, the process that it needed to be. And when it would deviate, I would be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you, 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 that's not the process. Uh, and and over time, I've certainly got much more comfortable and allowed. I mean, I, now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, people on my team are so much more creative. And when you allow them to continually push and stretch, I mean, just the boundaries are so wide. Whereas when I'm there going, but well, well, no, have you all of those creating, when I'm creating all of those structures and, and really at the end of the day, when I think of micromanagement, it is barriers. You are putting up barriers <laughs> to people's productivity. Man, it, it just stifles, stifles performance. It hinders trust. It's just a huge impact. So what have you seen people do to overcome this? I think one of the fundamental things is just be clear about what you need done, what you want done, and what are those specific parameters that you really want done a specific way, Mm. right? What are the big things that really, really matter? And then go give that direction and let it go. Let it go. You can check in, like, how's everything going? You have everything you need. You have all the resources you need. You can do a little check-in, but let it go and let them go do the work versus and checking in on every little step to make sure they're getting through the maze the way you want to get through the maze. If you think about a maze, there's different ways to get from the start to the end right? And there's, That's a good analogy. There is, there's their way, your way, other people's ways. Let them go do that. And then just 
let it go. Let it go if it's didn't if they didn't get from point A to point B the same way you did. Or even didn't even get there, right? Because that's the whole failure piece. Yep. They didn't get there and then they come into your office and they're like, hey, I didn't get there. And, and there's an opportunity for a learning. Uh, I, I like that. The one thing that I have seen people do successful in this space specifically is there is prep time in the morning where they sit down and they think about what are the things that I need to be involved with and what are the things that I do not need to be involved with based on all the work I have, my priorities, the priorities of this team, and really outlining in a clear fashion, this is what I need to be thinking about. This is the things that I need to be talking about and I need to be meeting about. These other things can just go on even if they're I don't want to say incorrect because that just makes it sound as though, you know, it's, it's all bad work. That's not, that's not, exo- uh, that's, that is not what I'm expressing. My point here is the things that may not need to be controlled, the mm-hmm. things that can go on and they can happen and it's okay. It's okay that they go happen without your heavy hand, heavy oversight. But, you know, it really is that first column when I think about this sheet of paper that many leaders, they just, they don't take that time to sit down and think about where does my head need to be? Mm -hmm. Because it's very easy to be in the details of things. For some leaders, not all leaders, but for some leaders, it is very easy to get into the work of things, the execution of things, the details of things without really thinking about, okay, what is my job and where should I be? I like that. So a little bit of prep time. And I don't know if it's every day, maybe it's once a week, but writing it down. I find that writing it down is really where that magic happens of, okay, now I'm clear. I don't have all of this kind of stuff swirling in my head anymore. And now I know where to go and focus my energy. Yeah, to drive the work. That's Mm -hmm. where I'm like, there's a difference between driving the work and doing Doing the work. work. (laughs) I think that's spot on. All right, anything else on micromanagement? That think that I think we've dug in enough on that one. So I'm, I'm curious as to what is your next trust buster? We've talked about this a little bit in the past, and we've had an episode dedicated towards this, and it's around favoritism. For me, when I'm thinking about favoritism, what I think about and what I, the way that I see it is, it's very subtle. It, this is not, you know, clearly getting, you know, somebody else is getting paid more. It, it's not about that. It's where do you spend your time as a leader? Who are you talking to the most? Who are you giving the higher profile work to, the higher visibility work to? Is it is it always going to the same person or people on the team? Is it clear who you're always spending time with? And whether or not that's your favorite employee, you know, I've said this to, to many leaders, it doesn't matter. There's another group of employees out there who are making up their own story who are making up assumptions about the relationship, who are making assumptions about the pay, the rewards, the work, the all of whatever good recognition that's happening, they're making up that story that all of those good things are happening to that person or those people that, again, you're spending the most time with, that you happen to run into the break room and you can have a quick 10-minute conversation with, mm-hmm that you are giving the higher visibility projects to. So favoritism and how you are doling out the work is important. 
even if that person is like your best person, because that's what I will hear, but they're my best person. They have the most experience. They know how to do this work. That's great and all, but you still have a broader team. You have a larger team that wants to do that stuff. They, they want to learn how to do that. And overly working, overly relying on one person on the team, that is going to create some major issues with trust and how you perceive everybody else. Okay. And I hear one thing you're saying over there about they're going to create their own story in their head, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to make it up, whether it's true or whether it's not. They're going to see some things. They're going to make up their own story. But what about the leaders like, listen, I can't control what they think. That's not my problem. I think as a leader, yes, we need to be thinking about how people are perceiving us. We are the person that people are looking to, to do the right thing, to do the best thing, to put the team and every single person on that team, putting them in the best light, putting them with the best opportunities. We should be driving all of them to the best potential. I mean, I think that's what a leader does. And so if we kind of sit back and go, that's not my problem. I can't control them. You're right. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, Yes, of course, we cannot control what they're thinking. But we can certainly manage who we are interacting with, how we are interacting with everyone, and what are the potential kind of follow-along issues that might result with that. Okay, because so what I'm hearing is like there are things within your control that you can do that manage that's right. their perceptions. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Right. It's like if, if you know, if <laughs> it's that whole thing, you know, I think you and I have talked about this. If you look in the mirror and you're like, mm, should I wear this? If you're asking the question, don't wear it. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's like, am I spending too much time with this person? If you're asking the question, you probably are. If you're asking the question, am, am I giving this person a lot of those high profile projects? You probably are. There, there's something there with that person that you have, and maybe you do connect. Maybe you have similar values. Maybe you have, maybe you have kids the same age. Maybe you have a, a history. You went to the same high school. You went to the same college, whatever it is. You still have to be mindful of what does that relationship look like and how are people on the outside seeing it? Okay, so now I'm the leader and I'm listening to this episode and I'm like, mm, I may be one wheel in the ditch over here of... Some of my people may have a perception that I have a favorite. They're seeing it. How am I going to get out of the ditch? What am I going to do about that? I think immediately you really have to start thinking about how can I spend time training, teaching, coaching everyone on my team equally. And, you know, that term is like, can you really be equal? I think you can work towards that. I think you can work towards really dedicating, hey, look, for you, I'm here with you right now. So the other, there's a, you know, if I I peel this just back just a little bit more for me, I think one of the most important things in this is it's relationship. Specifically what I think about is I think about how do you listen to every person on your team? Are you really listening to what they're working on? And are you really listening to what they want to learn or build? What do they want to grow into? How are you helping them move forward? So when you start to listen to people and you start to care about what they want to do and you're helping them get there, it's no longer about where you're spending the time. What are the assignments? You're really now focused on this individual person. 
you're having those exchanges about, here's what I've heard you say, here's why I'm giving you this work, or here's how I want you to go network with these people or go interact with this other department because I'm listening to what you are wanting from a career development perspective. It changes the conversation. To me, I think we're no longer keeping track of who you're spending time with or what you're doing in the break room Mm -hmm. or who's getting work or who's getting more airtime. It's no longer about that. Now there's this very strong connection between you and each one of your employees. Mm -hmm. For me, the only way for that to happen is by really listening and letting them know that you are listening and it's an ongoing conversation with them. And it's no longer about, is it five minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, any of that. It's more of that ongoing connection, ongoing listening. I hear you. Here's what we are trying to work and build and grow you into for the future. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And I can just, I just think about how I see you around the office, like when you're doing that, because I think some leaders may think, okay, well, during my one-on-one, I'm listening, right? Is this happening just in your one-on-ones, just in your office? When are all those touch points? Like you got 30 days in a month and you got a big team. What are all those touch points look like? For me, it really is any interaction that I'm having, I'm paying attention to what they're what they're saying. I know that sounds so basic, but I think some leaders, we give the idea that we're listening, but we're really kind of mentally checked out. We're doing other things. We're doing other work. That mental brain power is just somewhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and And I think people know when you're really listening. And I'm not talking the head nod. I mean, yeah, all of those things are important. The head nod, the tell me a little bit more and asking questions. I'm talking about, are you able to listen to somebody? And then later on, you tie what you heard three weeks ago, you tie what you heard three weeks ago into a conversation that you're having three weeks later. And you're saying, you know, I remember that meeting where where you mentioned X, Y, and Z, and you gave this update. And here's what I want you to think about on that update and how that's helping you move forward. Because Big picture is, I know you want to move into this next role. And and this is really what we're trying to help you get better at or build so that you are ready when that role becomes available. So when you're starting to kind of put all of those pieces together in a very big picture way, all of a sudden you have employees looking at you going, whoa, (laughs) I don't even know that I saw it that way, right? Or, whoa, she was really listening to me that one time. That that That's huge. Yeah. And I think as leaders, listening for me is critical. You know when somebody's listening or not. You know when they're, they're tracking with you. You know when they understand you. And that for me is the piece. Favoritism is the easy way. Favoritism is like, I gel with you. I get you. You get me. You're kind of my right hand. Let's, you know, let's go off and kind of blaze the trails and work together. The really hard work is when you're listening to people who maybe you don't connect with as well. Maybe it's not as easy. And it, it when you're working with people that you don't connect with, it's way easy to check out. Okay. Yeah, I, I would, I, listen, I can't say no to any of that. <laughs> like, how can you argue with any of that? So I heard listening in there. I heard like the amount of time you're spending. And it's not just about the amount of time, but when you're in that time, are you listening? Is there any other hot tip that you want to give to a leader that thinks they may have 
some perceptions of favoritism with their team. Yeah, I, you know, I I think your point there is is a good one, and it's that piece of time. And as leaders, we always have to remember that our staff wants time with us. And when they get that time, they want to know that they are connecting. And they know they're sure whether or not you're on track with them or you're not. They just know, right? Because they are watching you. They're paying attention to you. They see when you're engaged. They see when you're not engaged. So as a leader, we have to remember that in those moments when we are interacting with our teams, the very, even the shortest moments, they're still looking for that connection, that tracking, that, hey, I'm with you. I am listening to you. I hear what is on your mind and I, I great work today or whatever it is. They are looking for that connection. So it's not about the length of time. It is more about that engagement and that feeling of my boss sees me, they value me, they know I'm here, they see me contributing, and they appreciate the work that I'm doing. And that can happen in a very short amount of time or a long time. It can be either, right? And it's definitely, you know, in my opinion, it is definitely not on those, you know, whatever frequency check-ins that you're having. It's on an ongoing basis that you are there giving them that connection back to the organization. Yeah. It could be the hallway conversation. You learn something from a one or two minute minute hallway conversation and maybe you are going into a meeting, but maybe a week later or three days later, you circle back around and then you, they're like, oh yeah, they were listening. I love that part. So look, we're out of time again. Uh, I I really, I think I got on my soapbox (laughs) on that one. I got really passionate, but I know you threw out your taking credit earlier on and I, I think it's pretty clear. It's pretty direct. I think we could probably flush that out. But we're not fleshing that out on this episode. <laughs> Those of you who are listening, thank you so much for joining us on this part two of Trust Busters. We've given you a couple of thoughts around some everyday activities that you might be engaging in that you just don't even realize are impacting the trust on your team. We've also provided some how to overcome. What are some things that you can do to tweak what you're currently doing so it's not busting trust, but instead building trust. Then, if you thought this was a great episode, don't forget to share this with your leadership friends. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That'll put us in your feed every week so you can come back again for an extra shot of leadership. 